Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you want to ensure business continuity, maximize your business potential, cater to your customers' needs and concerns, and boost your digital presence? Staying on top of everything doesn't come easy. That's why I want to introduce you guys to Vessel PH to help boost your business's digital presence and make it relevant to your customers' ever-evolving needs. Vessel PH has built-in tools and features that make online selling a breeze. Customize your online store to make it stand out in the crowded digital space. Integrate your existing digital store to other systems or onboard your e-commerce website to Gcash's marketplace, GLife, all with the help of experts. Vessel PH also provides account managers to assist and guide you with your needs and affordable SaaS for cost savings and customization. All your e-commerce needs are now in one place. Your business deserves this kind of freedom. Let Vessel PH help you. Check them out at vessel.ph or click the link in my description. Network Asia. Network Asia. People are important because people will make the technology move in the direction that they wish it to. So even if you have the most high-tech, most advanced technology, if you don't have the right people, it's not going to be sustainable. So uh, think about people, think about how people react, feel, and and, and think about people's lives, not just, you know, not just bonds, not just um, dollar signs. Always remember your why. I've, I've always been sharing that. Um, there will be times in the entrepreneurial journey that it will be tough, you know, when people may not believe in you, when people may ridicule you at some point. So remember why you started something. You have to anchor your every decision and every move on the why. Have a purpose beyond your business, beyond whatever it is that you're going, beyond your startup, beyond your work. Uh, have a purpose because whatever you achieve should be sown into others. So that could be, you know, a charitable giving, that could be mentoring others, that could be sharing your experience. Just be purpose-driven. And again, good evening, good afternoon, good morning to wherever you're watching from all over the world. And my name is RJ Ledesma. Welcome to the RJ Ledesma podcast. In my podcast, I interview the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs to learn more about how they think about doing business. What are their success secrets? Can we replicate those success secrets? How have they pivoted? How have they innovated their businesses during this pandemic? And what opportunities do they see emerging in this now normal? Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Please let me know. Drop me a message. I would love to pick their brains and learn more from them. We are also live right now on Kumu, CBRC TV, Global Pinas TV, and the Bounce Back Network. If you are enjoying the podcast and you are learning a lot from it, please subscribe and invite more people to listen to the RJ Ledesma podcast. You can also catch us on YouTube. Tonight, a special friend all the way from Singapore. Pero pusong Pinoy pa rin po. Our next guest is El Kwan, who is the founder and chief marketing officer of MedHive. Uh, El is a business enabler and wow, Asia's go-to expert when it comes to healthcare and technology events. She's also an author, international presenter, and speaker, as well as a producer and convener of high-level business conferences and exhibitions. 
Elko founded an AI-driven digital marketplace for hospitals and clinics in emerging markets, which is exactly what MedHive is all about. MedHive empowers small to medium hospitals with an online medical marketplace. And she'll tell us a bit more about that later on. Now, it recently raised 407500 US in pre-seed investment in a round co-led by Silicon Valley global venture capital firm Pegasus Tech Ventures and Foxmont Capital Partners. These additional funds will be used to help grow their business, especially here in the Philippines. I want to find out, find out a bit more about what MedHive is all about, what are her plans to grow it, and what is the future for medical procurement here in the Philippines and in Southeast Asia. Please welcome my guest all the way from Singapore. Please welcome Ms. El Kwan. Hello, RJ. Good evening. My goodness, thank you for your introduction. Hi, El. You know, your introduction makes me sound better than I really am. But thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for having well, me. Well, that's what we endeavor. We put our guests in the best light possible. And you know, El, before we actually went into this conversation and I was reading your background, I thought that you were actually Singaporean because your name El Kwan, right? It doesn't sound... <laughs> I mean, of course, it's, it's Chinese, right? But you, don't, you can't tell... I, I thought it was uh, it was Singaporean, but, but you're actually ako Pinoy, right? Pinay. Yes, yes. Ako po Dugong Pinay. Ah. So um, I am. Dugong yes, Pinay. Oh. I'm, I'm based in Singapore, but yes, I'm Filipino in in heart. Wow. And how uh, can I just ask how long have you been living there in Singapore? Long enough. So about eighteen years. Tagal na, di ba? <laughs> long enough. Yes. I like that. Hinahanap ko yung accent. Tahinanap ko yung accent ngayon eh. But no, you know, uh, ano muna yes, <laughs> um, Yeah, so it's long enough for us to, you know, uh, I have three kids and uh, they consider Singapore a home. And um, they, they're all going to school. This is uh, where they grew up in. But, you know, it's never left my heart to contribute somehow in the Philippines. And, and, and you were mentioning earlier, uh, I was able to do that through a startup, which... Later on, I can talk to you about, and this is called MedHive. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a bit more. Like I often tell people, what was the elevator pitch for people? You know, who are listening here for the first time. Elevator pitches are what you usually give when you're talking to an investor, and it's called oh. elevator pitch because you have maybe just a few seconds, just like riding an elevator, to right. tell them exactly what you want to say as to what MedHive is all about. So, El, uh, can you brief, briefly share with what El, what what uh, MedHive is all about? So MedHive is a B2B medical supplies market space. So what we're trying to do is we're going to transform the way that hospitals and clinics buy their medical supplies. So think of it as um, a very efficient Lazada for medical supplies. Oh, I like that. Um, so, the Lazada yes. for medical supplies. But we're ganyan. more than that because we okay. we 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 have AI driven um, you know capabilities that we can provide to both our buyers and our sellers because we're a marketplace. So, yeah. Because it's a marketplace. It's an yes. AI-driven marketplace. And just to familiarize other people who might be hearing the, these terms for the first time, B2B, of course, is business to business and AI is, of course, using artificial intelligence. And we'll get a bit more into that later on and explain really what, what's great about what you're building over here and how you came about this idea. Now, I understand it from an elevator pitch standpoint, but now let me challenge you a bit. If you were to explain to our parents' generation, right? like for mm -hmm. my dad, I often tell my dad, he doesn't like listening to my show because sometimes, what, what are you talking about over there? <laughs> so if, if I was to bring this down to somebody who was like 70 plus years old, mm -hmm. how do mm -hmm. I explain uh, what does MedHive do and how does it help him in the end? Well, what's the end okay. benefit to somebody like him? Okay, let me make it simpler then. Um, what we do is we make hospitals save money save time in buying their supplies so that they can translate this to cost savings to patients like you and me. Ah, I see. Okay. And then how exactly do you help hospitals save money? Is it sort of like, uh, well, like for, for me, the, the, the way that I think about it is that, okay, I've took for this equipment mm -hmm. uh, and I have to get three different bid, bidders for that equipment right. so I can compare the rates. Right. But right, that, that's yeah. not the most basic way sometimes mm -hmm. that we do. Mm -hmm. well, how do you do it more efficiently? Ano ginagawa ng, ano, ng med okay. So what we found out really is that the the smaller hospitals, we're not talking about the bigger hospital chains. So these are the level one, level two hospitals in the province. Uh, they don't have a very sophisticated way of getting these supplies. So when I say supplies, this can range from everything from cotton to syringe to pharma to the device that, that are used to, you know, diagnose and treat patients. 
And what happens is they do it in an old-fashioned way, which is whoever knows who, you know, a, pers- a, a particular person sell- ven- selling that item, sa kanya nakukuha. When in fact, uh-huh. with information, you know, with the availability of information and data, you can find a better supplier, which will give you, you know, lower prices, uh, better package, even better after-sales service. So we are making this process more efficient so that it's it's lesser prone to you know fraud um, and also Palakasan, fraud yes, corruption exactly. all those different Palakasan, things right red tape. because it happens it does happen you know yes. like sometimes especially supplier, in developing countries no. yes unfortunately and it's because these hospitals usually and we're talking about private hospitals for now they don't have access mm-hmm. to this information so if you can imagine a hospital a family-run hospital that's been there for what 20 30 years yung supplier nila mm-hmm. 30 years ago yun lang kilala nila when in y- fact, supplier nila. correct oh. and and probably the next supplier could give it to you for 40 50 percent lesser see but I you see. probably don't have that information because uh, before internet, mahirap na naman yon, di ba? Kakatok ka isa-isa oh, oh. sa mga. But now we <laughs> we have all that data in our in our website in our marketplace, and they can do that faster, better, cheaper. Okay. that's that's how we help. Okay, I understand that part. Now, what what I need people to better understand, I guess, is this one, di ba? It's like saying, okay, I can be a website basically, mm-hmm. which is a marketplace where you just list everything there, right? So you take the, you take the effort of going through that one. What does artificial intelligence bring to oh, the picture okay. that, that improves right. the marketplace? It makes it easier for that small private hospital or small level one provincial hospital right. to get a better deal. Uh, what does oh. it do? Okay. So our AI will be based on the data that we will be collecting throughout the, you know, throughout the years. Because we're a startup, nagsisimula pa lang po tayo. So we're still mm-hmm. in the process of collecting all of these data. So imagine us Sometime in the future, we have all the information that says hospital A will be needing X, Y, Z, you know, products mm. in one week. So now a vendor who will have that information can now send this, you know, uh, a quotation that says this is the best price. So that's what we're trying to do is we're going to uh, have a very intelligent predicting capability so that hindi na sila mag overstock, understock. No stock. And, and this is usually something that happens again. Um, when we were doing our research, our uh, you know market research, there are some hospitals mm-hmm. who literally overstock. So gagamitin nila yung ibang hospital rooms to keep this or they run out of stock because they don't have proper planning. They don't have that tool. So we want to give that to them. And, and the, you know, they don't need to... Uh, enroll in masters in, in supply chain management or or buy these very mm-hmm. expensive tools. We don't, that's what we're trying to do. Hindi na nila kailangan mag-add ng capital expense. We're a plug-and-play thing. They can use us and they can benefit from all the tools that we can you know, give them. So if you're plug-and-play, does that mean that you are a, are you a, what we, what we would call a subscription as a service uh, provider? Ah, that's actually very good question. So right now, no, we don't, we don't charge for you to use it, you know, as an entity, as a clinic, as a hospital, we don't charge you. Um, so w- the prices you see on our platform will be what you pay. Um, we work mm-hmm. on a very simple mo- model, which is a success fee that is chargeable to okay. our vendor side. There you go. They, uh, we also don't charge them for any listing. Okay, so basically it's just uh, success fees. Whenever you get to sell, that's when you make the money coming from, the, right. from the supplier. That's right. That's correct. Now, um, I'm, I'm really looking again uh, at, at this business that you're that you're trying to establish, and it's a really great idea. And we'll go a bit more into your background as to why this opportunity or this pain point occurred to you. But before I ask that question, I want to ask: when you were doing this one, uh, when you first put up Medhive, were you bootstrapping? And for people who don't know what bootstrapping means, it's basically you were using your own money. You're burning your own yes. money to be able to put it up. <laughs> oh yes, very <laughs> much. You know, I I I don't know any, at least in my network, any startup founder who hasn't bootstrapped, because you have to be the first person who believes in what you're trying to do, right? So you 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 put your resources into it. So yes, we did bootstrap, and then we were 
we were very blessed to then have funds from angels. So, you know, you have family and friends believing in you. And that's when we started to understand, uh, ah, our idea is being validated. You know, it's not just us who believes in us, but there are other people who believe mm-hmm. in us. So um, that that's really the start of it. I see, I see. Very, very interesting story as to how you got things off the ground. And we're going to accelerate a bit more and say, you know, congratulate you again for for your recent four hundred thousand US dollar pre uh, series so funding. I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing that that's the biggest funding you're getting so far, right? So far, yes, <laughs> yes, that so far. is correct. Uh, uh, Malaking bagay po siya. This is a uh, yeah. This is a, a big push for us to to get to our ambition, and we know it's not gonna stop here. This is another milestone. But yes, you're right. It's the biggest funding so far to date. And that's really exciting. And I when I often have a, a, a founders over here talking about their business, you know, it's two things. First, of course, it's a sense of validation and relief. Right. But on the flip side, <laughs> I tell myself. That's somebody else's money that I have to handle. No, it is kind of it, it. It gets a bit, you know. It, it gets a bit for some people. It's a bit terri- mortifying. It's a bit terrifying because you know That's now true. you have to really ship ship up uh, shape up God, and your learning curve has to be very quick. So, how does it feel right now to, to have actually gotten the funding already? So you are right. It's a combination of relief. Now we can grow faster, but also added stress because now you should grow faster. See, um, and and like a battlefield, and more ammunition is given to you. That means you have to cover more ground. You cannot stay where you are. See, you've been given more, 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 you know, more bala and, and whatever. So now you have to move forward. You have to now conquer more territories, and that's where we are. Uh, we've grown from a team of three. Uh, I have two very brilliant co-founders, and now we are about a team of thirty, and we're still growing. Wow, times ten, huh? Incredible. Yes, <laughs> and then it's, it's a wonderful team. when it comes to at least your people. <laughs> yes, um, okay. we also that's also very uh, an exciting thing because our people are for, well, they're top notch. You know, we don't have an easy uh, recruitment process. We try we try to get really the, the people who are not only good at what they do, but they also understand our vision, so that when we journey together. There you go. So shout out to my Medhai family. Hello. Hello, Medhai. Are they are they listening? If you got your listening from the Medhai family. Hi, Magparamdamanbox. Say hi over here to L there in the chat box. Uh here in Facebook Live. Now, I have an interesting question because you're based in Singapore. Are the rest of the co-founders are they also based out of Singapore or are they based here in the Philippines? Okay, so uh, we have a fully remote team, and I am based in Singapore. The rest of my team, they're all in Philippines, but they're scattered. So we have people from Baguio, then all the way to wow. you know, have Bataan, Manila, Marikina, Bicol, to Davao. So we're we're scattered, but we're we're working well. No, um, I I I think it's because we are a digital business, so we have to practice what we preach and. You know, if we say business can be done digitally, we're the first one to prove that. Here we are. We we are a fully remote team, and uh, it's working very well. I'm looking at the chat box right now, saying hi. It's uh, Nigel Lirio, one of the co-founders. Oh, hi, Nigel. Thanks so much. Uh, Nigel is my for... CEO. Hi, Nigel. Yes, that's why. Hi, Nigel. Thanks so much for listening to us. Sana sumamakarin dito. It's going to be fun over here uh, on this episode uh, of this podcast. Now, I want to go a bit more now in, into your story, uh, uh, Ellen, how it how it starts and it, how it dovetails eventually into becoming part of MedHive's story. So that's why I was asking earlier on about how long have you been in Singapore because, uh, hi, Josiah Euphemio. Sabi niya, hi, RJ and Ellen. Thanks again to Josiah. He was the first one to reach out to me and yes. you know, that's why we were able to put this My all together. Star. And the funny thing is, when he when he called me when he when he when he messaged me, I said I've been wanting to get in touch with you guys because I've I've been wanting to have you guys here um on the podcast. So I, I want to go to your story because if we go if we go earlier on to mm-hmm. the, my introduction to you, uh, international speaker, organizer of conferences. Oh I mean, that is different things, <laughs> diba? Diba? Okay. Ang ganda ng gusto mo ng ano ng uh, so profile mo. 
it sounds better than it is. But yes, I've been here for you know about eighteen years. I've 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 done a lot of healthcare events. So in terms of where okay. I was before Med High, that's where I was. I was organizing these conferences in the healthcare and life science sector. So I okay. managed- how did you get to if you don't mind a step back a bit? How did you? Tell me a bit more of how you how you found your way to Singapore. If you don't mind me asking. Oh, okay. I, I guess it's the usual answer for OFWs. It's really to find you know greener pastures. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Yeah, and um, I found myself in uh, yeah B two B conferences. It wasn't something that I used to do. I was in the academia back when I was in the Philippines. Ah, what were you? You were you were you were a professor of what? 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 Anong tinuturo mo? Economics. So economics. Yes. So I'm an I'm an I'm an I'm an I'm an econ graduate also, but that was us. I think I'm guessing more or less we're the same age. Yes, we're, I think we're so. in the same age range. Exactly. If you recognize my face, then we're probably in the same age range. <laughs> okay. My age so, do. You're an icon of our age, but yes. So it was sometime back when I was, you know, teaching economics, and then uh, when when I started building a family, then you realize that. I have to, you know, expand the horizon, okay. and um, unfortunately, that would always include the option of going out of the country and finding, mm-hmm. uh, you know, better-paying jobs. And yeah, by God's grace, I, I came to Singapore. I, I managed to land a job. I started from the bottom, and okay. this is—I think this is something that every. You know, of the OFW would would could relate with. You start from the bottom, no matter where you graduated, even if you have a master's degree from you know the top university in the Philippines. When you go out, you start at the beginning because they don't know you. So really, the fastest way to move is to show them what you can do, not what's your degree, who you know, because it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Very, very important. I want, I want to point that out because uh, the culture here sometimes in the Philippines is the entitlement mentality. I I, I graduated from here. Mm, I am from this family. Yes. This is my background. Therefore, I deserve this job. I deserve uh-huh. this career. And it, it's a nice wake up. I mean, it should be something people realize here as well. But I'm, in, in Singapore, it was, it was a very meritocratic, uh, yes. meritorious uh Career for I mean you went up because of your own merit, eh, Yeah. Can I share a story? This is this is please, something. Please. Okay. So when I was using and I was trying to look for a job, what was the first thing you think about is something that is related to what you used to do, right? So in the Philippines, oh. I was a professor of economics, and so I did apply for teaching positions. The funny thing is, um, so. I don't know. I don't know what year uh, your audience can relate to, but during my time, when you draw a graph, you pick up a chalk, you know, and, and you draw it on the board. That was that was what I was trained to do. I can build a graph from from scratch, right? Same, same here. Yeah. Same here, Diva. <laughs> but, but here's the big but: when I was doing teaching demos, and I have no laptop, I have no thumb drive. They were actually surprised. Like, how can you teach without a laptop? How can you teach without a thumb drive? Like, where's your thumb drive? And to me, it was a, as you say, it's a wake up call because they they cannot function without that. I can, and 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 I was actually, and this is a funny experience. Uh, I, I will always share this with pride. They they actually. Uh, Told me after a teaching them that okay you you seem to know what you're talking about etc etc but we're not sure if you can operate a PowerPoint you know and, and it struck me they're looking for somebody who can present a PowerPoint presentation for me it wasn't a necessity see and then that's when you realize that now you have to adjust it's not what you know previously it's how you you know how you integrate into the new culture. And, and, and I think that's one of the things about Singapore is their, you know, their, their um, technology-driven initiatives are really amazing. So, so uh, I, I had to do that. I had to shift and see what is this technological advancement that they're trying to you know, uh, implement. Because back in my day, you draw a graph from scratch. 
And then the yes, most yes. amazing thing you can do is if you have a an acetate. I don't even know if people know <laughs> that. Okay. okay, I remember I was there. I gave my Please thesis presentation on acetate. What that yeah. is. <laughs> it's okay. I so an exactly. acetate for those who don't know, my goodness, how do you explain it? It's, it's a piece of yeah, plastic. In, a, in a projector, an acetate, exactly. not not in a acetate in, the, in your projector over there. Yeah. And to make it more high tech, what you would do is you get a, a a marker and just draw on the acetate so it could, <laughs> it could flash the. On the Those screen, right? Those were the right? days, RJ. Those were the days. But anyway, so I came from that, and I now come into a culture where they are just having, you know, uh, laptop presentations, and the students are all in their laptops. It's something new. So, and and people thought, I cannot, I cannot live there. You know, I cannot succeed. I cannot thrive. Um, but if you are full of pride, you know, like like like. Uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, there's a culture that entitlement culture. So if you, if I had not overcome that, I'd probably go back and stay where I was comfortable. So I didn't do that. <laughs> I persevered. And uh, as I said, you know, you start from the bottom, you, you slowly learn and you slowly learn from good people. I think that's also another thing. And then you, you, you climb up slowly. Okay. And then how did you, so from there, how did you end up um, organizing conferences, particularly for the medical field? I mean, that, that's, the, that's oh, the part that, that's, a, that's your next yes. step, right? So that, that's leading right. you towards Medhi. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. happened there? So um, I, I was in an industry that would serve the different industries, you know, like there's medical, there's mining, there's energy. The least sexy industry during that time is medical because mm -hmm. uh, the, the richest people will be in, you know, energy or mining, oil and gas shipping. Mm -hmm. So those are the sexy industries. I I actually stayed with medical, and 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 everybody else left that 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 industry because it was one. It's difficult. It's not easy. And then number two, it's not as sexy during that time because the sexy other industries, that's where they went, which made me. The only, well, not the only, one of the very few who stayed and built an expertise in the industry. So I built a network in pharma, medical de device, hospitals. Yeah. So that's where it started. Um, after a few years of working, my entrepreneurial spirit started to, you know, wake up. Oh, how nice. Yes. <laughs> so I resigned. How did it wake up? I want to know. I want to know how, how that came about. Uh -oh. You know, I don't know the answer because it just does. I don't know. There wasn't a specific reason. My my kids were all very young. But um, you, you feel that I know enough now. I can now start building something on my own. So I, I resigned from a full-time job. I didn't have another job to jump to. And... People thought I was crazy. Maybe I was. And then I started building small businesses. And 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 mind you, I had a lot of failures. Uh, this is something that I'm mm. not ashamed to say. There were a lot of failures. There were businesses that you tried won't work. Businesses that worked, but you trusted the wrong people. You know, businesses mm -hmm. that worked, but, um, you know, some other external uh, things would happen so you need to pivot and change or whatever so it's these lessons that uh, I carry with me with inflation hitting a 39 year high you don't need a PhD in economics to know that the $100,000 in your bank account right now could turn to $94,000 real soon so, what can you do? Experts suggest investing in alternative assets that historically hedge against high inflation. In fact, there's one unexpected alternative asset that appreciates by 23% annually on average when inflation is above 3% like right now, which is better than real estate and gold. According to Citi, this asset has almost no correlation to public equities. Surprisingly, this alternative asset is contemporary art. Investing in blue chip art to safeguard wealth isn't a new idea. 
Savvy investors have been doing this for decades. And now you can too with Masterworks.io. It's the new tech platform valued at over $1 billion that lets you invest in paintings by Warhol, Picasso, and Bansky. You don't need hundreds of millions to add art to your portfolio anymore. But you can get free access to their offerings by going to masterworks.art slash R-J-L-P-O-D. Again, that's masterworks.art slash R-J-L-P-O-D. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash CD. I love that because that's that's you know people don't often get to hear enough that you know the the, the biggest trial being to, you know any successful entrepreneur you've seen you don't see the battle scars but I mean yeah. I mean like for me we've I've had so many businesses that have you exactly. know up to now you you you, you have that sense that you'll fail but you have to just accept the failure deba right? how how do you uh, I mean if you, I hope you don't mind but as as they're listening to the show how should them how do how should they think about failure, failure. or how should you think about uh, also um you know. Uh, you know, and, and multiple failures. How should you treat it as a tuition fee? As a, how do you look at it? How, how do you see it? That's a good word. So tuition fee. Yes, it's a tuition fee. Uh, it's something that you need to pay for you to learn something. And and when I say learn, these are things that you don't learn in textbooks. Come on. I mean, we we have degrees. We have you know, we have these academic qualifications, but it doesn't guarantee success. It's really these experiences you have with people. With processes and with uh, risks, and and they're they're not cheap. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're not cheap. No. They're not cheap. Mahalam tuition tree. And one thing I also learned is when you realize that a lesson costs a lot, the next step would be you know when you start again, you have to find people who have been successful you know, mm-hmm. mentors, uh, learn from them so that you don't pay it anymore because I'm sure they did. Like, um, some of these people who gone ahead of you have paid the tuition fee. So mm-hmm. listen to them, learn, and then accept, uh, you know, accept suggestions, accept um, advice. Because if not, you will have to pay it and it's not going to be cheap. How did you find your mentors over there in Singapore? Uh because and then and what was the biggest thing that you picked up? I hope you don't mind because this this is what this is what people listen to the show for. They want to find out. Okay, wow, this is really great learnings. But how do you find mentors and how do you know that that's the that's the parang correct mentor for you? Right. You know what? So I stop my mentors. I stop them. I I really do. I know it's not it's not um, you know it's not sexy to say that, but I stop them. So if I hear somebody speaking on stage and what he's talking about is something that relates to me and that impacts me and I, I feel that I want to learn from this person, I would find you. It's probably on, I don't know, LinkedIn. I would find articles of you, recordings of you, and I would find out where you're speaking next so that I'll be there. Oh, stalker ka talaga, stalker. <laughs> stalker and, and the thing is, I think it's because also I'm in the event industry. I know that speakers, after they speak, are open to talking to the audience. So it's it's very different when let's say you're in a cafe, you see him and you approach him. That's that's different, okay. But if they speak and you approach him after, they're very very open. Uh, so yes, that's that's one thing. I just talk the people that I think would be very good mentors, um, but then those that I don't have access to, like you know the international thought leaders, um, then you read about what they do you know the lessons they they're willing to share mm, yeah so there wow uh, apple mac ighara saying here in the chat box fail fast learn fast and always keep your growth mindset that's right apple uh it's really when you when you are an entrepreneur you you cook for me you really just have to keep the growth mindset to keep things going because uh failure is inherent in the model that's what I would, yes. that's what I would say. Failure yes, is inherent in the model. And, and, and actually, when you fail, you pick up so many things so that you have this. Now you have more, um, you know, more insights, more ideas on your next you know, um, 
project. That, that's your own AI. That's your own yes. AI going you on over there. That. You learn, and then you build your <laughs> intelligence. Correct. Yeah, you build your intelligence. You build your, I guess, what you call business intelligence. Yes. Very interesting story here so far. I hope you guys are enjoying this story because I, I definitely am. Now, let, let's move a bit forward and bring yourself. Let's bring ourselves closer now to when when you did put up Medhive. So. Uh, Tell me what is the context you were doing medical conferences at the time, and then how did you pick up the pain points uh, that led you to saying this 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 is an opportunity that, okay. that needs to be solved? Right. So because I I was moving in the you know medical slash innovation sector, I've always been open to ideas like what what kind of technology or innovation can I actually bring to the Philippines? You know, and specifically in the healthcare in, in the healthcare sector. Why? Because I'm well, I'm a sandwich generation. I, I don't know if um, the audience can can relate to that. So a sandwich generation is somebody who takes care of the parents and you mm -hmm. also take care of your children. See, and yes. when you are taking care of elderly parents, one of the main issue is healthcare. Because you always have to get them treated, checked, you know, by medicines. It's, uh, it's, and they were in the Philippines. And they were in the Philippines, ba? So, parents? so growing up, growing up, I have that experience. You know, like uh, there was like every month you're in the hospital, you're bringing your mom or your dad because many different conditions. So I, I, I've, I've been open to that, uh, th that you know, segment. Um, you know, going to the hospitals, uh, dealing with doctors, nurses, um, being treated, paying. And and when I came to Singapore, I, it's a very different system. So, I, you know, Singapore has one of the best healthcare system in the world. And it's very efficient. And it doesn't need to be super, you know, ro robots or, or, or high tech technology. It's really processes. It's processes that they were able to um, improve that makes things so much better. So I was already in the mindset that I I need to do something for the Philippines because you know I'll be a patient. My my friends, my family, they will all be patients at one point in their life. Maybe maybe not now, but they will be. So if there's something I can do to improve that, I need to do that. So I'm I'm open to these ideas. You know, twenty. Yeah, 20 years ago, telemedicine has already been discussed. And, <laughs> and, and it's not a new thing. I, I'm sure right now it's already being talked about because, you know, teleconsult, telemedicine. It, this is not a new thing. So I was actually looking at, is that something that we can bring to the Philippines? Um, obviously, the answer is I didn't go there because there are so many things to, you know, to consider. Um, so it was, I think, 2017. See? It was a long time ago, 2017, when I organized a healthcare innovation event in Singapore, and I met with the Philippine delegation, right? Mm. And and you know, if you have a, a an event of 300 hospital executives, your most favorite would be your kababayan. <laughs> you know, I mean, you would you would have to talk to probably most of the other guests, but you will spend time with your kababayan. So mm -hmm. that's where I met the. Um, Private Hospital Association of the Philippines, uh, then president. And we had this conversation. He was saying that, you know what, all of these robots and, and, and you know, AI and whatever fancy things, they're good to have. But do you know what the Philippines really needs? And he described to me the problem. Uh, and it's, a, it's actually a simple problem. Uh, you know, like they just don't have access to good quality you know, better priced uh, medical supplies. So that's where it started. So I, I felt that this is the problem that needs to be solved because it can be solved. It's not, you know, it's not a super difficult problem. We can solve this uh, if, if we, if we you know, build the right infrastructure, get the right people going, it can be solved. So that's where it started, and uh, from that point on, yeah, I, I had I met. I like that. that. That was that was your light bulb moment right there during that that conference there, and, and and the reason that you are starting it in the Philippines. I mean, there's two reasons you can do it. Of course, number one, the start with why is like wow, because I'm doing something that's that's good for the country, right? Mm -hmm. But aside from that, man, what did you see aside from that one? Was it the economic potential or the you know some people they you know I, I've talked to many. Uh, expats and philams come to the Philippines to do business. They they mention oh because you know 
it's the it's a there's it, a demographic dividend here right now in the Philippines. It's the size of the population that's growing. What what did you think that you know aside from saying it's good for the country, mm-hmm. what said that you know it might be a lucrative business venture to build in the Philippines? Um, because it's a billion dollar business only in the Philippines. That's what. So you know if you if you're looking at it from the business perspective, it's a it's a no brainer. This is a market that will continue to grow, and the healthcare system will well it will be predominantly private payers that will be, you know, hand that's shouldering the cost of healthcare. And yeah, I, I, you know, we know, we know the system, we know the culture, we know how Filipinos think. We have friends in, in the, in the industry. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fast way to move, to build, to test and to, you know, revise. But also, uh, I, I also, from the very beginning, we already know me and my co-founders, know that this is not a Philippine-only solution. Now, any market that would be inefficient, a a developing market that has inefficient way of uh, hospitals, uh, healthcare providers buying their medical supplies, the solution that we will develop will be applicable to them. So can you imagine the potential? It's not just Philippines, it's Indonesia, Malaysia, uh, the rest of the growing Southeast Asia countries. We can grow further. We can grow Latam. Um, we can grow Africa. So yeah, that's 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 really exciting, isn't it? And I, I find it I find it very exciting, especially. But what I'm also seeing right now is that the benefit of of what they say, your network is your net worth. Because I mean, it was not just you developing, but the, over the years, the connections to both the doctors and to the suppliers through what you yes. were doing. Because technically, you were a marketing person, but. Your job was to connect both, and you were able to put the dots to, to connect the dots together. Yes. Uh, so yes, that's uh, that's yes to that, and and uh, and sometimes so true. Network, no, yeah, your network is your net worth, but at the same time, it's also the fact that your net worth trusts you. You know, I mean, your network could probably yes, know you. That's the additional factor. That's the additional <laughs> factor there. That's yes. Right. Yes. That's right. Oh, very well said. Now, L. Okay. Let's start from okay. I have a great idea. What, what next? So what was your what? What was your what next? Oh, magandang idea nato, di ba? I I like it. What do I do now? Okay. So what did you do? What did you What did you do after that? Uh, oh, then then I I recruited two very two very they're still young, uh, young, brilliant, talented, driven co-founders. And I think for the audience who are listening, how do you make your idea work? It's finding the right people. So, um, and I, I have to mention them at this point. Nigel, who who just messaged us earlier, is a CEO. So he has this um, this very uh, important uh, understanding of the Philippine healthcare industry. So 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 he can operate. You know, he doesn't need. 10,000 interviews to understand what's the problem. He's been in the, he and his family has been in the industry. So he, he he's actually one of those who feel the problem. Okay. And then uh, another co-founder, Gab, uh, is, I think he's the youngest CTO in the country. I, I, yeah, I'll be very confident to say that he's the youngest CTO in the country and he's built our infrastructure from scratch. He's now leading a team of what, eight devs and, and, and yeah, he's, the, these two co-founders have done amazing things. So, um, how, how did you find them? How did I Especially find- remotely. Yeah. I mean, okay. probably, I don't know if you found them pre-pandemic or, or, or oh, during the pandemic. How okay. did you find them? How did you? And then put it together from there. Oh. So Nigel, Nigel's family is a family friend. It's a family friend, okay. And and so his mom and dad uh, are my friends, my family friends. So parang anak ko na sila. And then Nigel went to school with uh, Gab. So they met in UP. Ah, I see. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so mga scholar ng bayan palayan to start scholar off. Scholar ng bayan. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, a really great company <laughs> for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then from from there. Um, Tell us what, you, what did you do next? Because some people, you know, this is the part that gets tricky for them. The first timers in the industry. Mm-hmm. Once you once you guys got together, what did you do next? Uh, then, okay, so we after putting together the vision. So it, I think that's very important. Um, come together and and set a vision, because it's yes, it's important to know what to do next. 
but you have to set the direction. You know, like mm-hmm. if if your direction is to the north, if your next step is to the south, it's not going to help you. So first set the direction. Where are you headed? What do you want to achieve? So from there, the small steps that we did really is to um, build build the build a, a working infrastructure, you know, a website, and then get it tested, <clears throat> speak to our users. So we we managed to get our first few hospital users, get gather feedback, change, improve. And uh, from there on, it's it's snowballed into now a network of, well, we have about six, 700 registered users. That's a mix of hospitals, uh, clinics, corporates, even individual uh, practicing doctors, and uh, about 5,000 SKUs and growing. Wow. Um- for people who don't know SKU, the stock keeping units. In other words, those are the number of uh, different products that they yes. carry uh, on on MedHive. Now, with that, Ellie, um, as you were building the business, like we said, you've had previous experience in other businesses where it was also, you know, there's failure, there's success, there's failure, there's success. When you were doing this one, um, was there a point where you were saying, this might not work and you 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 might want to give up already? Because, I mean, to be honest, it happens to all of us, right? In yes, business. yes, for sure. Uh, but to answer that question, no, it hasn't come yet. But, but you know what? I, I won't be surprised if it wow. does because, wow. <laughs> because it will. And I think my co-founders and I and the rest of the team, we've built the culture that you know, we're not afraid to fail because we're you know, fail fast because then you know what you shouldn't be doing and then you should start doing what you should be. Right. And um, yeah, it's it's not a walk in the park, but it's definitely something that excites us. There you go. Great. Great. And then when was that point for you now for the for, for the business that you said when you put up the stuff, you said, oh, my God, this is going to work. I mean, what's that point? You're going, yes. You're like, was it, was it when you won? I know that you joined two pitching competitions and you did good. Tell me a bit more. Yes. Was that was that the was that the high point for you? Tell me what was the point where you said this is going to this might actually work. This might actually do good. Right, right. So yes. So last year we were uh, we were the Philippine Startup Week double champion. So we won two, you know, um, Philippine Startup Week championship title last year, and and that was that was something that's special. It's like oh wow, people are recognizing us. See, I mean, in the industry, the startup industry is actually recognizing this. So that's that's one milestone. Uh, another milestone that I can think of right now is very recently, we also won another pitching competition by Merck. So Merck is a big pharma. Now it's an international pharma company. And for them to, to choose MedHive from among the many different healthcare startups across Asia, it's not just Philippines, um, it's, it's another validation that, hey, we're probably onto something really good. But to answer your question, um, it's really the funding round, RJ. It's, you know, when people actually entrust wow, you. Of course. Money. money. So it's the money. Funding round. Show me the money. <laughs> all right. They can, they can give you all these awards, but then, you know, it's, uh, we need that resource to grow and to, to move forward. So, yes, when we close the pre-seed funding round, and, and it's a bit, uh, the, the figure is, a bit odd. It's 407.5K US dollars, right? And the reason is because we're oversubscribed. Mm-hmm. So we only, we were planning to raise 400,000 and more people trusted us. So they, they, they it's an oversubscribed uh, funding round, which is something that we are very proud of. It's like 7,000. So we choose the people who would join us. Because it's smart money, right? It's not just just money. It's not, you know, not anybody who wants to give you money, you should be accepting. I think that's another lesson for startups that, you know, not 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 all money is smart. And and uh, yeah, so we, we do choose the part, who to partner with. We are relentless in our journey. We will get there. We, you know, I, I'll be, um, please pardon me, but we are very ambition, ambitious. So I'd like to call us a Sony coin. We will be, right? So now we need to find the right people and the right investment groups, the right investors to journey with us. There you go. 
I'm going to go back again to the, ch to the chat box. We've got Apple Mac Igharas commenting again, uh, saying it's one of the best privileges to have founders who empower and enable their team to be the best that they can be. Ayan na, may bonus na. If Apple Mac, maraming yes. salamat, Apple. <laughs> so, so Apple is, uh, is working with our growth and partnership team. So she's, uh, yeah, she's, she's, she's always there to help us grow very fast and partner with the right team. She's also one of your remote workers. Where's, where's Apple based it's, out of? Apple is in QC. So she's she's wow. in QC, yeah. She's not in the provinces. We do have people from provinces. Okay, so Apple Mac Igaras, my bank account is waiting. Okay, sige Apple. Binisibo ka na dito sa show. Okay lang yan. Okay. Now, Abby, uh, now um, El, if you don't mind, so when, when you get your first round of funding, how do you know what to prioritize, where to put the money in when you get it around? Because, of course, it's a nice validation. Now you got to think about where do we put the money and how, how should founders think about where to put the money when they first get it? Even before we were racing, we already know where we're going to put the money. So there you go. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a problem we needed to solve after the money. We already know where to put the money. We, that's why we know that we're racing for 100K because it will be allotted to you know all of these pockets. So... Um, it, it, that wasn't a question that we had to answer after the money. It's already set. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and where's it going? So it's it's really uh, strengthening our uh, infrastructure, our tech infrastructure, and our uh, marketing as well. So we're we're investing on a lot of people um, in sales, in marketing, in business development. So really, what we want to do now is uh, strengthen our base, our tech, and then get the right people to share the message. And, and the message is really, wow. we are here to digitize um, procurement in for, on the hospital side and also the market access of our vendor side. So pharma, medical device, consumables, that's, those are the profiles that we serve. Well, knowing that so far, where do you see, uh, where do you see Medhi five years from now here in the Philippines and I guess across the region? What, what is that ambitious vision that you have? Oh, five years from now, we'll probably be starting on our third country. So, um, as I said, our ambition is really global. Um, we would like to be able to start on our second market in two years. And then, so in five years, we should be opening our third uh, country market. Um We've already identified these countries. We've already started talks with these countries. In fact, we have a very close um, uh, relationship slash partnership with one of the biggest pharma in Indonesia. So um, this is something that wow. we're, it's in our sights. And um, yeah, it's actually exciting, RJ. The, the start of the year, uh, so this uh, the company called Calbe Pharma invited us so invited MedHive to join their national sales conference. So all of their uh, MedReps and th the entire team of that big pharma company in Indonesia were there. So it was a mobile, uh, digital event. And they invited MedHive to show them that, you know, this is, this is the next thing that you should be looking at. Because in the Philippines, there's this company that's doing this thing. And, and, and I think what we're doing is not something that's easy to comprehend. And that's a challenge. We're trying to transform an industry. So, so and, and once we're able to do that, and once we're able to show everybody that this is how much money you save hospitals, and this is how much more sales you have, you know, uh, vendors, uh, pharma, medical device, um, then more people can, can um, understand what we're trying to say. Because our, one of the things about innovative things is it's difficult for people to understand it if they haven't experienced it. Think of our um, Grab. Uh, you have Grab, right? Or is it Uber? Yeah, of course, yeah. It's oh. Grab, right? So imagine 10 years ago, if I would tell you, you know, one of these days, you can just type something on your phone, a stranger will pick you up and you will be you know, brought to wherever your destination is. It would be so difficult for people to comprehend that, right? But now it's exactly. a way of life. It's a way of life. You can, people can no longer live, function well without Grab. So that's our ambition, that one of these years, MedHive will be the, the go-to you know, help for hospitals, clinics to get 
the, the you know to access the best supply at the best times that they need to be accessing it. Wow. Uh, re- really great story that I'm seeing that where, where you where you've been a- able to take uh, Medhive and where you plan to where you plan to take it in the future. Now, in that industry that you're in, like you said, opportunities uh, present themselves to you. No, in that whole medical sphere, especially here in the Philippines, what are you seeing from your perspective? Are other areas or pockets of opportunities where entrepreneurs can still operate in uh, that they can still thrive in? Kaya. Oh, okay. You know what? Um, so I'm not gonna, okay. I will stay in my healthcare field, but I would have to say, um, entrepreneurs should now look at things like, this is so exciting and it excites me so much, the metaverse. Why, what is the metaverse? You know, find out because there's so much to learn about it. What is web three? What is that? Um, it excites me so much because one day again, we will be we will be in that in that world where web3 is is such a, a part of the our world so find out what that is and then find opportunities so in 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 our industry i'm i'm you know i'm going to predict there will be a lot of um, ai driven solutions not only in in medical supply procurement also in diagnosis in in maintaining health um, robotics will, will will continue to grow as well. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, blockchain will probably be used for more secure data transmission, interoperability. So things like this, um, they they pose a lot of opportunities. So if you're an entrepreneur, look into these things, find out where your interest is, and then solve a problem using this innovation and technology. Very exciting. Yeah, we've actually had some guests talk about the metaverse and uh, uh, we actually talked about NFTs in the, in the last couple of episodes. So very excited to see that even there that you're seeing that there is potential there uh, in that industry. Now, I know that you found yourself in the medical field and doing MedHive, no? But for example, this wasn't what you were doing. If you weren't in this field at all, what would be the opportunity that you'd be pursuing right now? Wow, that is a very good question. And I think I'll be involved in something in the metaverse. I'll probably be building something in a metaverse, uh, you know, being involved in in Web3 technologies and, and, and businesses. Um, yeah, something that would have to do with technology, something innovative, something that transforms. Got that, got that. Very interesting. And, and as we start to wrap up this talk, it's been very interesting and I've, I've learned so much, especially about the entrepreneurial journey that you've had. And, and from everything you've had, from your successes, from your failures and from the new business, what are the three life lessons that maybe you can share with some of the aspiring and even struggling and current entrepreneurs that you know you wish you knew or you would like to share? Okay, I'm thinking. All right. So I think three things really is uh, number one, people are important. So you know when when you when you build your business, when you when you move, when you grow, people are important because people will make the technology move in the direction that they, you know, wish it to. So even if you have the most high tech, uh, most advanced technology, if you don't have the right people, it's not going to be sustainable, you know. So uh, think about people, think about how people react, feel, and, and, and think about people's lives, not just no, not just bonds, not just um, dollar signs. So I think that's one. What else? Um, ah, so um, always remember your why. I've, I've always been sharing that. Um, there will be times in the entrepreneurial journey that it will be tough. You know, when people may not believe in you, when people may ridicule you at some point. So remember why you started something. Because and then you have to anchor your uh, every decision and every every move on the why. Why are you doing this? So don't don't you know don't don't forget that. And probably the last would be um, have a purpose beyond your business, beyond whatever it is that you're going, beyond your startup, beyond your work. Uh, have a purpose because whatever you achieve should be 
sown into others. So that could be, you know, a charitable giving, that could be mentoring others, that could be sharing your experience. Just be purpose-driven. Yeah, there you go. I love that being purpose-driven. And I, I like that what you're doing, the business that you found is something that you found in your home country. It's 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 truly purpose-driven, but at the same time, hey, it could be a billion-dollar industry which can grow not just here in the Philippines, but all over the world. Thank you so much, El, for waving our your proudly Pinoy, proudly Pinay flag all the way from Singapore. Uh, looking forward to the growth of your business and uh, hopefully becoming the next thank unicorn. Thank you so much, RJ, and thank you for the time you've given me to share my story. Here's a quick shout-out to our friends from Vessel. Vessel PH can help you future-proof your business by boosting your digital presence and making sure that you can attract more customers and more sales. If you want to know more about them, please click the link on my description. Again, thanks so much, guys, for listening to the RJ Ladesk podcast. We'll see you again for the next podcast on Tuesday next week. Again, this has been RJ Ladesma. L, thanks so much. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.